Welcome to Life on the Bright Side. I'm glad that you are here today. Today, our topic has to do with my first creation, Faces for Autism. Faces for Autism is an education and support organization that helps families who are facing autism to learn more, to be connected to community, to get the help that they need. It is a nonprofit that we started in 2002, and ever since then, we have been educating the community with different topics, with conferences, workshops. Now we are doing things on Zoom. So our most recent topic was person-centered planning, and I thought you might like to hear it with the audio version. It is available also on Facebook, on Faces the Faces for Autism page. So if you'd like to look for that, by all means, please do. It was my first chance to moderate with Carrie Bowers, who is a filmmaker, who is passionate about the topic of self-determination, person-centered planning as well. In addition to Carrie, we also have Jacob Hackett, who is most famous for his background with South Jersey Field of Dreams, because his grandparents started South Jersey Field of Dreams in order to have children who are physically and developmentally challenged play baseball. It has grown into a force of its own alongside Faces for Autism because we actually started at the same exact time. We love them and we think of them as a sister organization to so many families and part of Faces for Autism because a lot of us have children who are members of the organization. They also have another part of it that is called Hoops for All. So if Jacob mentions that in the conversation, you'll understand that Hoops is also the basketball program that they run. And this is all free of charge. It's a beautiful organization. So Jacob happens to have cerebral palsy. He does not mention this and we do not mention it during the conversation at all. But you, you will see that what we always talk about, William Stillman always says, always presume intellect. And that goes for anyone. So if you are talking to somebody who you might think is not listening, doesn't get it, you're with somebody who has a child with special needs or a young adult with special needs, it doesn't matter. They could have hearing impairments, visual impairments, whatever it is, movement issues. They're listening. They hear you. They get your vibe. They sense that you have not included them in the conversation. So please say hello to people who are different. This means so much. When I am in a conversation with someone else, I always include my son. It's very, very crucial to his development and to ours to be aware of people because we are all people. We're all here for one reason, and it's to love one another. If we are not aware and accepting of other people, that says a lot about our culture, about who we are. Number one, the best thing that we can do is acknowledge another person and help them to belong because that is what we all desire, is a sense of belonging, correct? Okay, so life on the bright side, that's my speech for the day. Please enjoy this interview. If you're not able to listen to the whole thing, you could try it again on, at another time. It is about an hour and a half segment. So if you'd like to take a peek into our world, 
with Faces for Autism, which is actually what gave birth to life on the bright side. When we realized that people, everyone needs self-care, especially people who are caring for others. And that is what we do as parents, as uh, people who have, uh, actually, if you have older parents and you are taking care of them. And as my lovely friend Jennifer reminded me, if you are someone who is going through something where you need extra care, if you're going through a diagnosis of your own, of any kind, a physical, um, whatever the issue is, remember to take care of yourself as well. I recently went to um, help planning with the event that we are planning that's a comedy night. I went to the hotel and had lunch. I had the most lovely lunch. I was so excited. I felt like a crazy uh, Instagrammer and took a picture of my lunch because I wanted to remember it. It was a special moment to be able to share with my husband. We had our own date after the meeting for the comedy night. Extra special. I'll always remember it. So remember to take care of yourself. Take yourself out to lunch. Best advice I could ever give. At any rate, we have a lovely program for you. Please enjoy. And until next time, don't forget to live your life on the bright side and take care, everybody. Have a great day. Okay, so it's... So starting recording you might have that screen that comes up that asks you for, for permission for us to record but i want to welcome everyone we are officially live in the zoom room for faces for autism and we will be presenting today a wonderful program thanks to our speakers so thrilled to have you here today and i love that it is showing us um i'm looking at this we already have five people watching this is very exciting hi everyone uh, Welcome everybody who is coming in. I also see something that really makes me happy. This one gives me a little bit of chills because of the fact that we are doing person-centered planning and taking care of everyone's needs and helping them to do self-determination. There is a closed captioning going on as we speak. Oh, oh I love that. Yay. I forgot that I set that up, but yes, cheers, cheers all around. Okay. And everybody looks fabulous, I must say. So welcome, welcome. And anyone who would like to join in person on our Zoom, I see Susan Colgettis is there. Um, I see Patrice Dawson. All of my celebs are out here watching from the cheap seats. And if you would like to join us in the real seats, I am posting the link for you to join us in the... Um, in the actual Zoom room. If you have any questions, if you would like to, you feel free. Okay, and as we get started, I am going to do all of the housekeeping and coordination of our wonderful speakers here today. So let's, should I do both introductions at the same time and then go right to you, Carrie? What, what would you prefer? I think you introduce Jacob first and tease the audience and then introduce me. I'll go into a little bit of pragmatic information about person-centered planning. And then Jacob will share his person-centered planning as we actually um, do a um, sort of a faux person-centered plan with the basics. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. So, and, and because it's hot in here, I'm out on the porch. It's a little bit hot here in New Jersey. 
I'm going to do my best to keep you entertained. And if I forget anything, Carrie, please chime in. Um, happy to have you both here. Uh, those of you who are from New Jersey and the area, you may recognize this face, this handsome gentleman who is on the bottom here in our Brady Bunch show. Uh, this is Jacob Hackett. And Jacob Hackett, he uh, moved to Epsikin from Linwood when he was three, began his educational career in the Epsikin School District at the age of three, which is what happens often when you need and require extra services. So um, I know my son started at three and that was a blessing. I, I don't know if you remember it, but we'll get some details from you in a minute. <laughs> Graduated from Epsikin Schools as an eighth grader in 2013, began his high school career in 2013 at Atlantic County Institute of Technology, where he obtained a degree in hospitality, travel and tourism in 2017. Also graduated with my daughter. Began his post-secondary education at Atlantic County Special Services in the summer of 2017. Worked a variety of job placements such as, this one's my favorite, Shore Medical Center. I'm partial to because I worked there for 10 years. And working in the school board's office. Completed his PCP in 2018 as a student at Atlantic County Special Services. Was the first student in district to complete one. That's pretty impressive and also scary at the same time. <laughs> um, became personal standard planning and self-advocate educated, certified in 2020, October. Just a little bit more about Jacob. His family started, and if you don't know this one already, this is pretty impressive, started South Jersey Field of Dreams for handicapped children and adults in 2003. It has become the go-to place to connect with people all over our community. Accolades, accolades, accolades for that, for your grandparents, we love them. Uh, and also he happens to be fresh from his latest gig as a radio DJ, DJ for WIBG Radio and assistant for Ken Schaefer Entertainment. Welcome Jacob Hackett. Thank you for having me. Isabel, and it's a pleasure to be with you, Carrie. Tonight, friends, my hope is to educate. My hope is to inspire. My hope is to shine a light, teach people. How can you best advocate for your child, your student, whoever it may be? There needs to be, there needs to be more of me because sadly, there aren't, there aren't many advocates in, in, in this state. And I will tell you, when I did my, my training this past school year, I went, into, I went into a district in a meeting and they said, we don't know, the, we don't know about person-centered planning. Can you help us? And, and I think I was a guiding light for the school district because they needed help and I and I helped them tremendously. So my, if you need help, I am I am here. Carrie is here. Isabel is here. We will work together as a team to get the job done. Yeah. See, he's always a team player, whether it's in baseball or in support of the community. We love that. All right. So should we start with 
some of your plan or do we want to go right to Carrie? Because I'm I'm all in the intro mode right now. So I might as well just keep rolling. Keep going in the intro mode. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jacob. Okay, Carrie Bowers. I have met Carrie before and I am thrilled to have her here with us today. She was also a keynote speaker for us quite a few years ago. And I love the fact that the, the relationships continue to evolve. Carrie's the mother of two, Taylor, her 32-year-old autistic son, who is a video game accessibility consultant living independently. And <laughs> Jace, 26, a recent law school graduate, impressive, who studies were informed by social justice and equity for all. Oh my goodness. A former entertainment paralegal, Carrie changed the course in 1998 to become a full-time disabilities activist and founded Pause for Kids, a nonprofit advocacy organization in 1999 and co-founded The Art of Autism. Some of the amazing things that you have to see on her page on Facebook, amazing and international web-based platform supporting the arts and autism through projects, blogging, art installations, and other things. Carrie began living person-centered planning before the term was coined, when in 1991, her son placed in an early intervention classroom for the emotionally disturbed. Oh my goodness, just the thought of it. The world is so different now. The label placed upon him before he was diagnosed with Autism at Six inspired her work to begin creating programs designed for the arts and whole child approaches at the center for her son and soon after for others. And she continues to do that to this day. Today, she is a California certified person-centered planning coordinator, social skills facilitator, and independent life skills coach. Wow, wow, wow. Those are quite amazing things to hang on your tool belt. I'll tell you, lady, her works and consultations include whole family approaches to living with autism and other disabilities, including a specialty in sibling issues, so needed, so needed, and arts-based expression, another wonderful thing that you do, and I love that. Harry has made four, count of four feature films with her sons about autism and other disabilities, including Normal People Scare Me, The Sandwich Kid, Arts, and Normal People Care Me Too, a sequel 10 years later. She has published three books, including co-writing Joanne Lara's Autism Movement Therapy. I did not realize you co-wrote that. That's so impressive. I love that book. Um, Waking Up the Brain, her popular mapping transitions to your child's future workbook, single pregnancy, single parenting. She has a featured columnist has been a featured columnist, and I know this one, for Autism Asperger's Sensory Digest magazine for 10 years. Welcome, Carrie. Woohoo! Wow. You know, it, it's like when you read my little short bio, I, I, I've gotten so emotional because it sounds like you're talking about somebody else, and I'm kind of going, wow, that, that's really good. So, totally um, agree. Because we have limited time today and um, we'll have a question and answer period for everybody, but I'd love to jump to the beginning of my PowerPoint before Jacob and I go through a mock 
person-centered plan, including Jacob, you sharing the plan that you currently have, which I'm going to give you some tips about updating that, because I believe that we raise the bar higher and we always presume competency and we support where necessary. So um, Isabel, can you bring up my PowerPoint to sort of the beginning? You got it, baby. All right. What? So, um, yeah, I've had a really amazing life. And by the way, I got to tell a little anecdotal thing. Um, I was a paralegal in, in entertainment law and Motley Crue was my client for 14 years while wow. I was raising birth, well, birthing and then raising my son with a disability. And Nikki Six from Motley Crue is why I'm an advocate today. That's a long story. I won't go into it, but we challenged each other one day and I thought, oh my God, spoiled rock stars. And I go home to a child who can't walk or talk. So I'm just sort of biding time while you pull up the, the PowerPoint, but I re cause I don't see it on my screen. So yeah. You know, that's, that's what happens when you are, um, zoom. Ah, but wait, now I see it. Okay. It's All coming right. up. Okay. So and we we can bypass that simple beginning person center planning, but I do want to say this is a new artist. I, I, um, I, with my partner, Deborah Musicar and the art of autism, we're about to hit 6 million views. Woot, woot. Um, we support artists to showcase places and spaces to share their art, their blogging and their creative interests. And this art is so important to me for today because in the middle, um, as his name is Jay Alexander, I won't give his first name. In that center is him. And you notice it's in the dark, but the outside is bright. Wow. That's, the, that's the young man who is non-vocal. And yet that does not mean that he lacks intelligence. So if we can move next slide. Um, I'd like to talk about what it is because person-centered planning is a two-pronged model that supports self-determination. The concept of a PCP is traditionally a noun or maybe a proper noun. It's something that exists out there and yet it's virtually stagnant if we don't put action into it because there's little or no action, it becomes very um, just flat. But when we listen to the wants and needs of individuals, even those who we maybe cannot communicate with in our, our typical fashion, we see the evidence when we begin to learn how to look. However, I get really excited as PCP as an action, as a verb. This is where it's fluid, it's evolving. It's tools and strategies that are always in service of action and they help to move a person forward when they feel empowered, listened to, respected, appreciated. We have come for decades as a deficit model. And even in some cultures where it's the mother's problem. So I would like to flip that on its side and make it a living, breathing thing that we're talking about today. By the way, write questions in the right-hand column because we will take questions and answers later. Um, next slide. 
in successful person-centered planning, we always presume competence. And that includes the ability for a person to think, to learn, and to understand and make their own wants and needs central at the center. Mama bears and papa bears, listen, sometimes we think and we know we know better. The truth is we don't always know better. We'll talk about that later. But let's move to the next slide because this is something I really, really love is that we have to presume competence even when the evidence shows us that our child has cognition difficulties, they have language difficulties, maybe they are highly challenged, if you will. And by the way, language today is very difficult to traverse. We've discovered that in the art of autism as we uplift the actually autistic voices, not even autistics agree on what language to learn. So I always try to use language that supports the majority. And yet, when we say that we presume competence, it doesn't mean that every child or adult will be able to do X, Y, Z. What it means is that there's a living, breathing, beautiful human being at the center of person-centered planning. And we've got 21 tips for presuming confidence on the art of autism. We'll show you later how to look us up and see what we do. Uh, next slide. So self-determination. Self-determination and person-centered planning can be quite interchangeable. Many people think it's the same thing. It's not. Person-centered planning is the overall plan we'll talk about today, but self-determination is really, again, a verb. It refers to each person's ability to make choices and to manage their own lives. I have friends who have 23, 27, 28-year-old kids, and they're still kids, adults, but I'm 60. I call my kids adults. We're still telling them to put on your coat or you know, checking their social media. There's a point at which parents, we've got to back off. So self-determination allows the respect and we're not giving self-determination. Jacob, do you declare your self-determination or do you think it's somebody gives something to you to do that? I, de I declare it because, you know, I make the, the as many of the decisions as I possibly can. And then when I need help, it's, can someone help me? Can someone assist me? Yes, exactly. So self-determination is simply living into a person's ability to technically actually make their own plans and to create their own future and to have respect over their own life. I will tell you with self-determination, one of my dear friends, her son is a brown belt in karate, and he was invited to go up to Northern California to do a some like a person one-on-one uh, -on -one with a, a dojo, a, a growing company, but mom wasn't allowed to come. I leave you to question why she wasn't allowed to come. Anyway, next slide. Uh, five principles are just so imperative. It's freedom, authority, support, responsibility, and confirmation. I would tell you that 
person-centered planning begins in the home. It begins with the parents and with what they demonstrate to their child and how they believe, or dare I say, do not believe in their children. So these are the five principles. Next slide, we'll go into the idea that person-centered planning is structured to include a person's lifestyle, future goals, their career. What are their interests? What do they love? I'll tell you what, a, a two or three-year-old lining up cars by color code, which you know my son did that one back in the day before the internet, that told me, oh my gosh, he's able to color coordinate, line things up. So he's got a strategic mind. And uh, we'll get to that later, but I will give you a hint today. And I think that actually, Isabel, you said it, is a video game accessibility consultant. And that's a big dream for him. And he created that without mom. Um, interest, skills, and then skills. What are the skills? What are the abilities? What are the supports that are necessary to create that self-determination. And of course, family is a critical, if not essential role um, for all of us in self-determination. Carrie, I will, I will second that. I agree with you um, extremely on the last two supports in family. I have gone to district, several districts this year, and I have told them, you, not only do you need your people within the school systems to assist you, but you need those supports. You need mom, dad, your grandparents, siblings, if they're in the picture, because they know the child best. Well, and let me give you a living, breathing example. And the arts, which we'll get to later, are a foundation for me of everything I ever taught my son, who I was told might never walk or talk. He walked when he was two years, two months old. At three years old, he had 10 to 20 words. He was echolalic. And at five years old, he could make a sentence, but it began, we call it a non sequitur. It began and ended nowhere. Today at 32, he speaks the King's English. He lives in his own apartment. Um, he is supported by, by the way, at 32 year old, um, another 32 year old who has autism, but he's a few chapters ahead of Taylor and they've become business partners. So that is part of living and breathing into it. I had a young woman in an art class once with cerebral palsy and no mental cognition, but people assumed her incompetence. I started her out in the class saying, let's go hand over hand. Let me support your hand to choose the colors you wanna paint with when everybody before her told her that she couldn't do it on her own and they did it for her. So that's part of the overall philosophy. And, and that goes into this slide. A person-centered plan should never ever talk about things that a person cannot do except to the alternative, which is how we support them to grow skills. A person-centered plan should always focus on what a person does well. That is very evident, uh, Jacob, in your person-centered plan that you'll share so shortly. Uh, next slide, uh, hair in my mouth. All right, so let's go over this list because not every 
person-centered plan will include all of these, but these are ideas. It includes health and safety, which is at the top of the pyramid. Self-care. Uh, let me ask you something, Jacob. How many self-care issues do people have, have to help you with versus what you can do alone? Can you comb your hair? No. Okay, so you need help with that. Can you, uh, with support brushing your teeth, can you help to move the toothbrush in your mouth? No. Okay, so tell me a way that self-care that you are able to handle your own self-care. Right. If I, I can, if it's cut up, I can feed myself with my finger. That is awesome. You see, that is something that's exactly where we're going. I don't, I don't know if this counts as self-care or not, but uh, check, checking uh, e emails, uh, messages, um, things of that nature. I love that. And, and, and part of that we're going to talk about during your PCP includes opening your mail. We're going to leave that as a big question mark for people on the call right now. Right. So we'll talk about that later. Is that okay? Yep. Love it. I love what you can do though. You see, we just came up, you came up with two things that you can do on your own regarding, regarding specifically self-care. Do you think that in 10 years, you might grow that list a bit? I would certainly, I would certainly, uh, and trying with the with the adaptations of technology. Absolutely, absolutely. So I love that, and we'll and you'll talk more about that in your person center plan. So we have maintenance and cleaning. That would be about the house. Um, we have um, community travel, access in the community. Um, you'll talk about in your PCP about how you access your community. Is that right? Yep. Okay, great. Um, kitchen tools and appliances. That may mean some things that you can't do today, but again, with technology that might grow for you in the future. So we wanna talk about food and meal preparation for some people, money management. I'm wondering how much of your own money management that you do today. And I'm thinking there are things that we could maybe uh, up level your skills in that department, but we'll have to get back to you on that, okay? Yep. Great. Independent shopping. Let me ask you, do you go grocery shopping with support staff or always with your mom or never? Well, uh, pre-pandemic, which I will get into in my presentation. Yeah, I was, say typical I was, times. Yeah, it's, it's difficult now. I, When I was younger, I had issues with my immune system, so I really wasn't going out. So 
pre-COVID, I was doing some of those things, going to shop right and things, but. Well, you know, and I, I love what you're saying. Because more often, part of yeah. that more, is, more often, right. Part of that though, what I heard you say is there were health and safety, which is again, the top of the pyramid, always health and safety first. But what I hear you saying is you had some immune issues that may be compromised possibly, but could you write your own shopping list? You're very uh, tech savvy. Could you write your own shopping list? Yes, now, now, I, now I can. Well, when COVID was bad, I was placing things in the, excuse me, the online shopping um, cart. Yeah. And so for the purposes of today's talk, I'd like to separate COVID, um, although we'll, we'll talk about that because it's very valid. But for the purposes of this conversation, we're talking about when times again return to some semblance of what they were or pre-pandemic, because those are two very different things and they definitely require us to look at things differently through a lens of safety during the pandemic. But basically you could write your own shopping list and decide what you would eat. Would you eat healthier? Would you eat crummy? Would you, you know, need to buy deodorant? Would you need to, you know, stock yourself with some new pens and pads of paper that your staff could write on when they're supporting you, right? Right. Um, all right, so um, money management. This is really critical. We'll get into some things um, as we go along. I'm just going to go through these quickly because I want to defer more to you, Jacob. But yeah. personal um, money management, um, independent shopping. The, our personal management includes being able to open our email or our mail that comes through an actual old school mail slot. We call it snail mail. Self-determination. We need support to grow those things. Social interaction. We've got community, oh, community service, I'll talk about later, uh, living with others. Um, and finally, interpersonal and romantic relationships. Dare we presume that people with disabilities also have every single desire, by the way, my sixth film in production is about love, relationship, sexuality, safety, and disability. So next slide, and then we're about to move on. In fact, we're gonna come back to a mission statement for life. And I think right now, uh, Jacob, I'd like you with those basic ideas of what a person-centered plan is and what we focus on, I think it's time for you to share your very exciting plan with people. What do you think, Jacob? <laughs> I'm, re I'm ready. Okay. Let's do, I'm going to set it up for you. Still says we're screen sharing. Um, very nicely done. We have a lot of wonderful comments for so far, Carrie, that people are talking about. Um, Excellent. And I can't see those, so I'll have to defer I, to you. I can't see them either, but I believe. Well, and says, oh, here it comes. It's. I'm going to go off screen for a half a moment. I have to excuse myself to go to the restroom. 
You got it. All right. Now let's see, Jacob, for some reason, your presentation decided that it doesn't want to play. It said we don't have enough memory. Well, hello. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's right. not good. I need memory to present. Yes, I think you do. And we need a memory. Okay, so we're doing, let's see if I can do screen share. Let's try it again. Um, here it is. It didn't disappear. It's still here. Nope. It doesn't want to come up, huh? Really strange. <coughs> okay. So, so I guess I could, while the, while my presentation is coming up, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Jacob Hackett. I am, I am a person-centered planning. Uh, I, I assisted the uh, Bald Center, which is a, a center for the, the, the developmental disabilities at Rutgers University this year, working virtually with their team on how do we, how do we best develop a, a person-centered plan? How do we educate? How do we teach districts, teach our families, teach those around us? What is it like to live? What is it like to be around a disabled person every day? What are their needs? What are their needs in the future? What did they not need five to 10 years ago, but they need now? The, the list goes on and on. And before we begin, I don't know if any of them are here tonight, but I did invite them. I, I have to give a shout out to uh, my entire team from uh, Atlanta County Special Services last year, who really, they were a dynamite team from the, per, from the personal aides to the job coaches that I worked with, to, to the occupational therapist, Kevin Kern, Frank Manalavich, PT, Kathleen Barron, uh, my teacher, and just the school, because I'm glad I was the voice for the district because without me, without someone as vocal as I was, I don't know if the outcome would have been the same. Um, so here's my plan, great thing. Things about me, determined and self-assured, uh, draws people in, professional, responsible, and confident, volunteerism, thoughtful, and then you see, you can see the bullets for yourself on the other side. And uh, I have to say a, a big, big thank you to uh, Anne Finley, the transition uh, coordinators the transition to uh, transition to uh, work the the work program at special services. She met with me in 2018 and said, "You would be the perfect guinea pig 
for our district to do a PCP. My grandparents were there, several board, uh, two board members from the South Jersey Philippines, uh, school administration, aides that I had worked with, and people that sur surrounded me and, and said, you do what's best for you. And that's what I've believed in. And one more thing, if it weren't for, when I was in high school, I had an aide by the name of uh, Albert, his name was Al Becker. And he told me when he first started working with me at the Atlantic County Institute of Technology, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't advocate for yourself. And I learned that, and I, sadly, I had to learn that the hard way, and he was right. And now, as, I'm, as I've aged out of school, as I've done so many wonderful things, been given so many wonderful opportunities, I've realized that's the only way I'm going to move forward in my life. Next slide. Yes, sir. Uh, once again, how I communicate, um, the, uh, relationships, employment, independence, home life, and then you can see the bullets along the side. And I will tell you, uh, when we get closer to the end, if you think that your child, a student, would benefit from this, I can assist you. But please, talk to your school district before you contact me. I, I don't, I think you should notify your school that you're talking to me, and then I will come in and assist. Next slide, please. Person-centered planning reflection. Where are the words? I might, okay, here it is. I didn't know that because Span edited this uh -huh. when I did, did a presentation and they never told me. <laughs> I, thought okay, he said, um, I thought you my, needed us to reflect at that moment, Jacob. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my PCP meeting in the spring of 2018 was a very successful start to my transition to adulthood. I'm appreciative that my transition coordinator and Finland came to me two years ago and asked if I would be willing to be a candidate and a guinea pig for the school. It has taught me how to advocate. <laughs> you like that one, Carrie, about the guinea pig? I think that you are a guinea inspiration. <laughs> yes. It's taught me what is most important to me and my most necessary needs. Next. I just got tears in my eyes, by the way. I, I don't know why. He kind of does Her, that to you. <laughs> now, I'm ignore the example on screen because I'm gonna use a different one and I should have changed this out prior to. The example here started good, ended bad, but I'll give you 
a much better example. I had female aides from the time I was in preschool till fourth grade. And as I was getting older, it was becoming more difficult for them to take me to the bathroom. And that's when it was decided that I needed a male aid. But here comes the example. The example is the summer of my fourth grade year, the summer fourth grade going into fifth grade, I mean, they put two female aides on me and I, and I was thinking to myself, I don't need two female aides here. I'm not that hard to control. And uh, I, I remember going into that some, going during that ESY program, being so confused as to why I needed two aids. I'm not physically heavy. I don't, I was very light at the time. It just boggled my mind. And I, go ahead. Go. Carrie, did you say something? I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I just get like a little bit excited here because when they put a woman back with you during your puberty years, being a young adult who clearly needs support with toileting issues, how did that feel to you to have a woman taking you to like the nurse's office or I mean I just can't even fathom being a young man having a woman dealing with that well That's me yeah it's it's different and the school sadly they made they made so many excuses like the superintendent at Abseekin said we don't traditionally give male aids till the sixth grade. Well, guess what? I need one now. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, I just want to say to people listening, this is part of hearing the subtext or maybe the unspoken words, or perhaps, Jacob, you couldn't say, hey, I want a man to take me to the bathroom. Maybe you were shy. I don't really know. I wasn't there. I'm just saying there's handwriting on the wall that we can listen to. That's ironic that comes up. Team listens. Sometimes you have to interpret what's not said, but the, but the upset or the behavior or the particular circumstances that a person is showing you, but maybe not able to say. And I would think that issues of personal hygiene in a school for a young boy, they should have been more aware that maybe a man needed to help you. Well, uh, not Carrie, always. Uh, Carrie, I got another good one for you. This time it's on the male side. Okay. I had a male. I was in high school. It was my senior year. Aid calls out for the day. Okay, people have a day off here and there. The man they put with me, I, he walks out to me to get me off the bus. I think, okay, this is, this, let's see how this is going to work. The first question out of my mouth was, 
How old are you? 85 years old. I said, this isn't going to work. We need to do a flip-flop now. Wow. Um, other um, than somebody who's 85 years old, who's uh, like Jack LaLanne for old people, like, <laughs> right? Is about Good example. Yeah, Jack Lane. I, I was thinking like Jack Lane, Richard Simmons, somebody like that. But right. but this but this guy was no Jack Lane. He was he was a little guy, and I think he was either from the, the Dominican Republic or Africa or Haiti. I don't know where they pulled him out of. But not only did did I did I not feel it made me, I was like very uncomfortable uncom with me. Why would you say? Lots of times you were uncomfortable with me. You didn't have the same aid because you didn't know, they didn't know what was expected of them. Exactly. And it made you always very anxious if you knew that your aid wasn't going to be at school. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, thank you. I yeah. had, I, Is that your I mama bear? Yeah, hey, mama. <laughs> Hi, Mama Bear. Hi. Yeah, what, I my... want, what I want to say, though, Jacob, and I'd like you to respond, if you will, please, because what I'm hearing is that you didn't have the ability necessarily to say what you really thought or advocate for yourself at that age, which so many people couldn't. You know, you're now in your early 20s. That's very different than being a teenager. Just let's just say typical teenagers. We're insecure. We're shy. We don't necessarily vocalize what we want unless we're acting out. But at that time, were you able to say to your mom or to anybody, how is this guy going to support me to get on the bus? Oh, yes. I said something to several different people, uh, Carrie, and some of them listened, and then some of them blew, like blew me off. And one of them was uh, a uh, case caseworker, believe it or not. Before, be, when I was in high school, she, I remember sitting in one of my first IEP meetings in high school. And we're and we're saying, what are my what are my grades? What's this? And she came out clear as day. I had no idea. You're the caseworker. You're the one that's supposed to know what's going on. So let me bring the instance though of the 80 something year old man and you're feeling insecure. If today you were still that teenage boy and you were doing a person-centered plan, would you be able to say, I don't feel safe with this and or you said some people listened how long did it take them to get you somebody who you felt confident could help you to get on the bus? A month, five months, two days? Well, well, it it took 
it took some, uh, it, it, it felt like a tug of war game because I'll give you, it felt like I had to go to one person, they said maybe, and then I went to another person who was a district advocate for special ed and I had no idea that that was her title. And I went in her office and I, and I never act, at least try not to act angry in front of people. And I came in uh, very um, dis distraught at the situation because they just had no clue of what to do. So in a person-centered plan, in an instance of a young man, a teenager like yourself, getting on the bus where the district, by the way, what I like to say, people, and I hope you're listening, is a failure to plan on your part school district, budget, whatever, does not constitute an emergency on mine. Right. So yes. when you felt that this was either um, not workable, was unsafe, that you didn't feel secure. You know, in a person-centered plan, that would be addressed by the team nearly immediately. You would not have an 80-year-old something-year-old man trying to support you in a wheelchair to get on a bus for any more than a couple of days till they figured out how they could fix it so that you had somebody that you felt safe with. That's what person-centered planning as a verb is about. Person-centered planning as a noun, they can take as long as they want. Oh, we hear you, we hear you. But me, that's quality of life. Yeah, and, and I went to this district and said, I wanna do a person-centered planning presentation for your district. And they said, nope, we don't do that here. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I would like to commit to starting to do like monthly PCP plannings just for the masses, just to brainstorm and just put it out there so that more people understand what it is. But can I give a little bit? Of, well, actually, no. Um, Jacob, finish your plan and then let's go to some strategies. I'm so okay. sorry. I get excited. Um, I can tell you, Carrie, everyone is excited. They are listening very uh, actively and commenting on things that are going on. People are leaving and coming back because they don't want to miss this. So go for it, Jacob. All right. Um, Isabel, next. Oh, before you go on. Oh, sorry. No, I don't no, know how no, to go. This is good. This is good. Oh, this is perfect. My best day would be. <laughs> pre-pandemic, spending time with family and friends, spending time at the field of dreams on weekends, helping into events in the community, church, playing music for local charities and organizations, just what I did last night. Uh, being a contributor is very important to me, whether it's working or through volunteerism. Okay. And, and I, I will tell you, I had two chances to go back to previous employment, but thanks to COVID, things uh, had to end. And let me tell you, 
thanks to those placements, I now know where I want to be in my life. I loved Shore Medical Center. I loved working at the school. It, it didn't take long for me to say, this is where I want to be, my worst day. Thankfully, they don't have them very often. They only mainly happen when I don't sleep or when I run out of my spasm medication. I try to maintain a positive attitude and thinking at all times. Being isolated and not seeing people makes for a bad day. Being connected to others is important to me. I take steps to make sure this stays, stays very present in my life. And let me tell you, we all struggled in the beginning of COVID, but uh, I don't like to share my, well, I will now. Uh, in the very beginning of COVID, I had something, something happen and it, it wasn't, I mean, I got through it, but, but it was difficult for me to realize, okay, you're not going, you can't go to school. You're seeing your friends through Google Meet. You're seeing, you're seeing therapists on Zoom. You're seeing your aide on Zoom. No prom, no graduation, well, graduation, but outside, extremely limited. And, um, you know, I, as I said to Isabel, when you did pre-planning this afternoon, what I would like is I, is I wanna have the opportunity to say thank you to those people that, that really set me up before I graduated from the school system and say, thank you, because I, I mean, as I was saying, it's about this afternoon, at graduation, we only got five, we may only have had a few minutes. We didn't have a chance to fully say, thank you for doing all that you did for me this year. Um, moving on, next slide. Health and safety. During COVID, our health and safety should be our number one priority. I have problems with my immune system, as I said previously, which are minor, as compared to when I was a child. My mom was extremely cautious when taking me places. The farthest I went was to my grandparents every day while I waited on a home health aid or to the barber shop. I have health issues when something settles in my chest. I can't cough it up. If I had COVID more than likely, who knows if I would be be here. Oh Next slide. In this COVID world, we've all had to adapt to changes. One big change, as I stated earlier, was teaching and learning in a smaller environment in the last five months of the year. A smaller graduation, Another change was learning how to DJ and work virtually this past summer. Well, not anymore, but when COVID was bad, I was only doing a little bit of Field of Dreams work at a time, and there was only a few of us. And 
and I went to church online and everything else. One of the things I did learn how to do was start my own podcast. I, I've always been very vocal. I, I know uh, plenty of, a lot of people. I've had the pleasure of working with famous celebrities. I've, I have the pleasure of working with, uh, she was just crowned Miss New Jersey this past year. I mean, I being in being an environment where I'm around people that want to do more for their communities, want to entertain. That's where I want to be, and I learned that at a very young age. Um, in addition, trying to find a job, as I mentioned earlier. Next slide, please. Identifying other ways of support. I believe that I've always had an excellent support system from family and friends to some of you who were joining me here tonight. There aren't in the, um, make sure those who support me know who my allies are. As I continue from being a student to back into the working world, I'm going to need assistance. I receive support from preferred home health care with a home health aid. I'm also working with CVRS and Jeff's to find employment. I've got all the skills to have a bright and successful future. I know where I want to be. And I'm so grateful to have what I have, supportive family, supportive friends, colleagues, uh, the list goes on. Carrie for helping me several times, Isabel for bringing me back to do more with faces because I've always been, felt like I've been a part of the faces family, just not as strong as I am now. I mean, it may have taken a little while for me to find where I wanted to be. But if I can, friends, we need to advocate for others. We need to advocate for the disabled community because I said in the open, and I'll say it again, there needs to be more of me. There needs to be advocates for districts. There needs to be there needs to be people that can say, my child needs this, my child needs this, and this is what he's going to need. Next slide. Yes. Final thoughts. Um, every person deserves the life they get to create. Every person should have a full life experience, even though others may see differently. They deserve to have their voice be heard and listened to. Devil's things make a good life present and to be supported with dignity and respect. Every single person, every single day. And I'll close with this. I'm not going to stop advocating for the disabled community till the day I leave this earth. Every single day you advocate for people. You're amazing, Jacob. So um, 
Isabel, you're the moderator, and I know that we wanted to leave time for Q&A. Should we just make strategies part of the next call? Should I run through them fast? What do you want to do here? I think we should give them a taste of it, even if we run through it fast, because um, from what I'm looking at, a lot of people are observing what we are talking about. There are people popping in and out. They're loving the exchange. They're loving the stories that you are telling. And I think that they are enjoying the fact that maybe this is, like you just said, this is fodder for future. I like yeah. that idea. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm willing to show art of autism and faces and let's do it every month. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, while you're pulling up my stress, I'll go through it quickly. I do want to tell people that I am a mom and many moms of kids with neurological disabilities, autism, et cetera, also have, whether it's depression, autoimmune, or other issues themselves, a very high percentage of us. I have fibromyalgia. I was, I'm a painter and I was recently diagnosed with um, arthritis in both hands like eight weeks ago, even though my hands have been malfunctioning for weeks. I'm going through a period of anger, adjustment, acceptance. And so I'm here today after being flat for five days. And I get really excited. I'm a wackadoodle artist. And so I get excited when something important is happening. But I've been in my own. Are we bringing up my slides? Um, I do want to go over some very key yeah. strategies that with this preface that I am now looking at disability myself, I want to say that there is nothing, nothing that I share, that I teach, or that I work with clients in my, in my career that I do not take this advice to myself. So I'd like to start, um, this is a great place to start because quite frankly, I'm gonna take my own advice and I'm gonna write a mission statement for this part of my life as I'm considering whether I need to go on disability, which you know, I've been self-employed since I was 12 years old, <laughs> effectively, um, through part-time work and then full-time. I was in college at 16, um, full-time employed, and then a career as a paralegal. I wrote the first mission statement for my son. He was three years old. He was getting onto his first little yellow school bus in front of my home. I was a single mother raising a son by myself, had a great job, great income, but he got on that yellow school bus and I began to sing an old song from Peggy Lee. Is that all there is, my friends? Then let's start dancing. And I thought to myself, my kid is going out into this world at three years old and he can barely speak. He's in a diaper. The world is going to be so cruel. And that day, I don't talk about this a lot. That day I wrote my first mission statement for my son. I wrote it in my head, which would then eventually become on paper. 
And I knew that his mission statement had to have value. I knew that it had to have inspiration. I knew that it had to have plausibility. Could it happen? And I knew that I needed to be specific. So when we write a mission statement, there is no corporation in the world that doesn't have a basic guiding principle based on a mission statement or a vision statement. It's basically an abbreviated way of saying what you want in your life, what your, what your goal is to accomplish. It can be done in two or you know one to two, maybe three sentences. Uh, next slide. Here is my son's, this is my son at three years old in a diaper and he is the size there of about a five-year-old and um he's now six foot ten by the way <laughs> he's a very tall young man so he was in a diaper until he was six years old and what i wrote for him at three years old that i finally put into writing was taylor will live as independently in the world and inclusively as possible and he will be surrounded by people he loves and people who love him. And this was something I want you really to listen to this. This guided every IEP I ever went to. He was put in a seriously emotionally disturbed class at three years old when he drove off on that little yellow school bus. And when he got older and we traveled with our films all over the world on stage, he would laugh at me and say, mom, you shouldn't have been worried about the world. You should have been worried that they didn't have seatbelts on the little yellow school bus. Um, he was right. But I began to infuse my son because I was in entertainment world. I, I, I grew up in on the wrong side of the tracks in Beverly Hills, Hollywood. And I began to teach him drama, art, put a microphone in his hand when he couldn't speak, but he could echolalia. echolalia. Um, I, be, I put paint on his fingertips at four months old when my first doctor sent me to our first neurologist and he hated it. And the voice in my head, just keep doing it, just keep doing it. Today, they call that sensory integration. So next slide. I wrote that in 1990, I think it was. Wow. Um, this was a goal that we wrote when he was about 14 years old. And you notice that I wrote it a lot for him. He helped me to come up with a lot of these um, things um, that are on this mission statement for Taylor. By the time I looked at that, and this was about 2015, I think, um, what I realized today is I should have had him handwrite it or type yeah. it for himself. We've learned a lot, but I wanted to show this as a to and a from. I was still with, um, by the time he was eight years old, I asked him what he thought. By the time he was 10, I, I left my job at the law office and I started my um, activism life. And I asked him, could I do it? And at first he wasn't sure he wanted me to, but then he saw his name and his picture in the first article he allowed me to print. And he said, okay, you can do it. But I want to say that even in 2015, I, he helped me, but I wrote it for him. Today, I don't do that with clients that I work with. I have them when they can 
They type it themselves, even if it takes longer. So next slide, um, you know, we learn as we go. Mm -hmm. I know that parents feel I'm so overwhelmed. I can't even take a shower. I have no time to myself. What the hell is girl time out or dad's night out? We don't know that. I want you to know I wrote my first book, Single Pregnancy, Single Parenting, in 2000. Oh, gosh, no, it was 1990. I'm sorry, not even 2000, 1995. Um, I wrote it on a 10-minute-a-day plan. And as a paralegal, I wrote myself a little contract with myself. I contract with myself on this date. I hereby agree that I will spend for my goal of writing the book in this case. It could be writing a person-centered plan that you say you have no time for. 10 minutes a day. You choose one day a week three days a week. I overextended. It took me two years to write and publish my first book, but I wrote this. And by the way, I had somebody witness it. You could add that to this because I needed to be accountable. I say to anybody who thinks you're too busy to help your child plan for their future and to really live into their plan. I hate to be harsh mama bears or papa bears, but I lived it. What you fail to plan for today, you will spend in spades in the future. And so a 10 minute of day plan is a way to break down writing a person-centered plan or creating some fantastic thing that maybe you need to do for self-care. So um, we'll go more into this in the future, but I just wanted to peruse this. Another, next slide and another plan is to begin when we start with, let's say a 10 minute day plan. I'm, I'm gonna work two days a week on the plan for 10 minutes a day. By the way, you can't amortize plan you know, our time. If you're, if you end up doing four hours, you can't say the next day, well, I did four hours yesterday, so I don't have to do today. That's what keeps you on track. 10 minutes every day, anything more that you do extra good for you, but you have to start begin a person-centered plan by either interpreting or talking with your even very young children. What do you love? What do you want? What do you need? A kid might say, I need Coca-Cola. That's where you explain to them, I love that you love Coca-Cola, but you need water, you want Coca-Cola. We really wanna make a distinction, not, not through the person-centered plan so much, but really try to focus on the things that are gonna move us forward, if that makes sense. Again, I'm going really plat, really quick and, and plowing through this really fast. But I think Jacob's plan demonstrates that there's a lot of you in there, Jacob. I could I only met you like a week ago, but what I've learned so far in reading your plan, I feel like I could come in as a new person working in your home. And if I just read that as my cliff notes or a bit about Jacob, I feel I could come in there and know so much about you. And I believe that's important for our support staff and our goals for the future and the people who support us. Next slide. Okay, <laughs> this is where I go crazy. 
I love the arts. I'm an artist. I was a dancer. I was a musician. I played guitar. I wrote songs. I was just a kid from five years old, somebody who always loved the arts. What I have learned in my 30 plus years of being an activist and a skills planner, five years, by the way, of summer camps, four weeks every summer for five years with 32 kids a week for four, four weeks every summer. I learned a lot about what the arts could do. In the early days of my working with my sons, people berated me, the experts, the OT, the speech pathologists, the, um, the ABA people, the school district people said, oh, oh, you know, those arts are lovely. That's lovely. That's enrichment. That's lovely. And they really disrespected me. And I began to get really ooh, pumped up. You can tell I'm a creative, I'm a dramatist, I move my hands a lot. I began to say, I'm going to show them that that's not true. I will tell you today that part of my son's future is based on, first, his determination. Secondly, me supporting him through the arts. And I submit that everything that we think, we often fight for how much OT we get, how much speech we get, how much you know ABA time we get, if we even believe in that. What we don't fight for is our child's ability to learn through their own modality of creativity. And I will tell you, I have never met a single person who didn't relate to one area of the arts or another. It might be music and not art. It might be fine art and not music. It might be movement. It might be dance. It might be drama. I will tell you, you can teach the alphabet through the arts, including history, sciences, and maths. So the arts are not to be underestimated. The art of autism, if you want more information, Isabel, I hope you'll share how to get in touch with me. Yeah. The art of autism is a space and a place that supports um, artists and all creatives to um, create a space for them to share their works. I think we're coming to our last couple of, um, of slides so that we can answer, okay, this is the last slide. I'm sharing this personally because this is my personal pain chart. This is what, when I get fibromyalgia and tinnitus in my ears and now my arthritis in my hands, it's not fixed. I have good days, I have bad days. And so I might go to the doctor tomorrow and forget that the noise in my head is louder. I might go to the doctor in a month and forget to tell them that I need to be checked for bone density because my hips at night when I sleep are in so much pain, I can't sleep through the night. I want to share this because this is what I show. By the way, my, uh, my primary doctor has autism and I love it. <laughs> and when I showed him this, he looked at it and in mid-sentence I was speaking and he walked out of the room. But because of my experience, I said, okay, he got it. He got it in a snapshot, but he's gone. And his nurse came in and we wrapped up the appointment. He, he gains as many um, patients as he loses because of his you know, cut to the edge, but I love him. But if you can look at this slide and know that anybody with any kind of physical, emotional or other disabilities, you can make a chart stick figures allowed 
You don't have to be an artist. And you can chart things so that when you go to the occupational therapist and you're looking at fine motor skills or gross motor skills, or you're looking at pain body, as I call it, you can have a chart that's not just words, but it's a visual chart. So I leave you with this. Life is fluid. Person-centered plans are fluid. And the way we learn has been stagnant for too long. I am here to say that we can learn through creativity and teach through creativity and self-determination comes through creativity. And I'm getting really emotional because I didn't think I was gonna make it today because I'm in so much pain. So I thank you for bearing with my, my brand of eccentricities and thank you for bearing with my kind of brain fog and um, maybe jumping a little bit all over the place to say that I love what I do even when I'm in pain and that I'm here to share other people to go where they need to go with support and with the nonprofits and the various things that I do. So thank you, Isabel. And Jacob, I am looking forward to doing some very passionate work with you. Oh, okay. All done. Well, what I what I love about what you said is it is it, it that everyone has a gift that they can share, no matter what their abilities are. That's so right. we can all identify with that. Um, and I know your grandmother is there saying hello. We're so happy to have you here. The Hackets have been such Hi. a blessing to the community. Oh my <laughs> Thank I you. See you on the edge. Uh, <laughs> the, best, the best band club ever. This my kid, goodness. let me tell you, this kid is loved by hundreds of people. He is so positive, has such a great attitude, and and really enlightens people every day. I'm telling you, it's, he's a blessing. He really is. Jacob, we only see your mouth. Can you move? Ooh, your mouth? You, oops. Okay. <laughs> there you are. Oh, 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 boys, we're fine. You can only see my mouth. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. Uh, Carrie, Isabel, it's been, I, I love putting this together. And we need to, before we move on to Q&A, I, I was listening to what Carrie was saying about OT. Yes, I've had some great OTs who want to see, who want to help, who want to be involved. And I, and I don't like to sound like this, but once I'm going to do it again. Uh, shout out to my team, my friends and colleagues in special services within this last year. When you bring on younger bodies who are in with the technology, it, it makes life, it makes things easier because I will tell you, I had an OT and we did the same things re repetitively for several years when I was in high school. And, and we all know 
and my mom uh, spoke up for me in the IEP meeting, we're not going to get anywhere if you're stuck on ground level one. You have to climb, you have to move mountains. And my God, I hope that's what we've done tonight. Well, and I'd love to tease people in the future. I'd love to show you all how I hired people that Taylor loved and needed during a time. By the way, California is the only state in the entire United States that just ruled out self-determination for every single regional center client on July 1st after oh, a pilot wow. program. So people here get to, if they opt into self-determination and person-centered planning, they get to choose who they hire, no more. And by the way, that $65 that goes to this particular agency, you now get that in your bank based on your old spending plan for your new one. You get to hire, you, you get that whole 65 bucks. You can hire somebody at 18 bucks an hour for three point whatever hours and you get to hire them and be the boss. I would love to help people. If you guys would like to come back and do this again and how do you hire people that fit what you want, Jacob, and not what the system gives you? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice, Pete? Because uh, I've heard horror stories from people get, getting AIDS within the home, and and hey, people make mistakes. But as I like to say, there's a thin there's a thin line between a big mistake and a little one. And maybe maybe it'll take someone like myself to say, we need to do what other states are doing because more people like me need help. Definitely. Definitely. Let's start advocating people. It's time. If, and I, I meant to share this in my plan. If you need, if you want help, if you have questions, if you if you want to schedule a Zoom meeting with me, Google Meet, you name it, school systems, anyone, I'm here. And Isabel, I I know, I think we forgot to share my uh, contact information, but it is on the last slide. And I'm going to um, let's see. I'm gonna, shall I pin your email address on here as well? Yeah, oh yeah, sure, yes. There you go. So I just put that on the, the feed. I put Carrie's as well and or her email address for normal films on there, the website. And um, what I'm looking at on the feed right now, because I'll tell you, you, you both have really stirred up the masses, I must say. <laughs> and what people are asking for is that you could go through, and I think this is because we're coming up on the end of our time right now, um, that you would go through maybe a sample as we had suggested and, and have them kind of do a workshop with us. Maybe what I would like to do is add to that that they sign up for it and they come on with us so that it's an interactive workshop. Because what I, what I really enjoy, I mean, we've all been Zoomed out over the past year, but what I really enjoy is the fact that there are so many parents out here who are taking the time to learn from you right now. 
and one, one or two have had to go off to another talk, they're going to watch this later. Um, but if they could actually have the action steps that we could have the PDF that they could do their homework in advance and we talk together and we present whatever you'd like to do, I'd love to do that. Well, I, I would like to throw in here because we are I always on our time and it's 427. So technically we have three minutes. Mm -hmm. So I would like to add that anybody who would like to um, have me send them a copy of Normal People Scare Me Too, 10 years later, um, Taylor interviewed 56 people in Normal People Scare Me in 2006 as a 15 year old. And we went back 10 years later and brought back 15 kids as adults. And I will send that free through email to anybody who wants to look at that because you can then see what person-centered planning looks like and 75% of that film crew, um, art, uh, animation, music, uh, lights, camera, sound, boom, had autism and cerebral palsy and um, Down syndrome. So I live into person-centered planning. Yes, I'd love to walk through um, with, let's say, Jacob or other people and begin at the beginning, which is begin to write down what are, uh, and speak to your child, even if they're three and maybe they have limited words, what do you love? And if they have no words, interpret what they do. Begin to write. What do you want? What are your needs? Because what you see as a three, five, eight, ten-year-old, those are possible clues for our future. So, yeah. so, so important. Yes. And Jacob, you had something to say there. I see. Yes, and you know, it's it's the kids' future, and I said this to parents, and I said this to. A radio interview I did about a month ago. If the child is nonverbal, remember this. They still have a voice. Yeah. Anecdotally, I'd love to share. I was in China where I didn't speak the language and had an interpreter. I had about 23 kids doing an art project with people I supported and then 23 mothers while they did the art. And I said to them as my interpreter interpreted for me. Every time that your mother-in-law, because it's a very patriarchal society, your mother-in-law or your father-in-law makes you the mother wrong and they, they berate you for this quote, defective child and they speak about your child in front of them or you speak about your child in front of them because you think they don't understand, not only does that go into their computer bank for later digestion, or they are very intuitive and sense the feeling, but I could give you a list of dozens of people who are either nonverbal or were cognitively kind of thrown away by society. Guess what they did? They grew up to write a book and effectively saying all that time you thought that I wasn't listening. Yeah. I heard everything you said. And the room of 23 or so mothers burst out in tears and it was a beautiful thing. Um, I'm just saying presume confidence when you think they can't hear or understand you. Don't be surprised if they're taking notes.
and such a beautiful place to end because of the fact that so many of us um, who are in the world of the differently abled, we need to be reminded of this and coming back to the center of always presuming intellect because it makes us better parents, it makes us better caregivers, it makes us better advocates so that we can have this self-determination for everyone. And I thank you so much. I, I, I have chills all over because you guys, you have started something that is so important right now that people need to know this is out here. I will post both of your contacts. And if anybody else reaches out to me, I would love you to look at the, um, the comment thread. There are a lot of stories that are being evoked from people. Uh, for the most part, they just want to know how to best advocate for their loved ones. And the first way is to find out how to give them their voice, whatever it is. Yes. Put your and listeners listen. on. Listen, put your listeners on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All you grown-ups out there, good listening ears. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, and thank you Isabel. Yes, thank you, thank you. And Jacob, any final thoughts? Just, just thank you to the parents. Thank you to Faces. Thank you for being with us tonight. And as I, as I said to my district this year, if see what, see what the child wants, and how can we best help them? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, the parent knows best, and then the district can try to adapt. So thank you for joining us tonight. And, and with that said, I, I know that I watched a speaker that we had years ago who talked about the fact that we are spirits having a human experience. And this brings <laughs> us, isn't it wonderful? So having that human experience as spirits, we are all closer to love as we learn together. So thank you everyone for listening today and let's make this the start of something new and have a wonderful day. Take care Bye. for autism. Thanks for listening to Life on the Bright Side, a podcast that is sponsored by my favorite nonprofit organization, Faces for Autism. If you'd like more information on Life on the Bright Side, or Faces for Autism, programs or services, events, activities, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, please go visit our website, faces, the number four, autism.org. There's lots of information for caregivers, for adult self-advocates, for educators, anyone who wants to know more about caregiving, anybody who wants to know about autism, developmental disabilities in general. And if there isn't enough information there, look for our Contact Us uh, segment in the website. There is a page there, I believe, that says Contact Us. Reach out. I'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you so much. This is Isabel Mosca, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to live your life on the bright side.